Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Baloney. I'm your host, Mary Baloney, and this is the place where aspiring six and seven figure fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. So welcome to um, today's episode. We have a special guest with us. Um, we have the the Meredith Noble, who is going to be sharing with us about grant writing. So welcome to the show, Meredith. Thank you. I don't know if I've ever been introduced as the Meredith Noble, but I like Meredith. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. We had an incredible conversation. We just met, of course, um, but anybody who loves grant writing is a friend of mine. So uh, I love that you have such a background in writing grants and then also teaching people how to write grants. And I think that that is such a gift, um, but I'm interested to hear about how did you even get into the grant writing business? Yeah, it's a great question. So if I roll it to the beginning, when I graduated college, oh, we're in the middle of the economic recession, could not find work. So I was doing all of these informational interviews with anyone that I thought was an interesting company. And that led to a bunch of awesome work opportunities. I sort of had a freelance business right out of college. And that led to one engineering firm asking, would you like to be our full-time grant writer, helping get infrastructure funding for our clients. So that was water treatment plants, clinics, fire halls, like built environment stuff. And I absolutely loved it because I got to be between the technical staff, the funding agency, and the community. And then when we were acquired by a larger company, uh, then every, every project manager wanted a grant writer on their team. So things grew quickly and I grew this team of about 40 people that were all over the U.S. and Canada um, that had grant writing expertise and kind of formed us into a nebulous, kind of a nebulous mobile team and um, just went from there, like working on all sorts of grant writing projects. So that was how I got in there. I mean, it was just very like accidental and learning as I went, making lots of mistakes as I learned the hard way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I get asked all the time if I am a grant writer and I tell people that I was like, you know, I, as a fundraiser, you kind of have to know how to be a grant writer, but I think that there is a special skill when it comes to actually writing grants. So like, when did you realize that you actually enjoyed it? <laughs> yeah. I don't, after I won my first one, I yeah, oh, there you go. Success. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first grant I did very vividly and I was convinced that I was going to have to quit if it wasn't successful. They would know that I was a phony. I didn't know what I was doing. It would all be exposed, right? Which is completely impractical, but I know that people think that, <laughs> that are new to the game. Mm -hmm. um, and so thank goodness I won that first grant or maybe I wouldn't be here today. I would have like given up. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I mean, I liked it right from the get go. And the reason I like it is that, uh, I don't like, I guess, monotony and routine. And so it's so fulfilling to work on all sorts of different projects. Like you get enough knowledge to be dangerous, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I got to work on things, for, you know, with nonprofits to skate parks to, um, I don't know, innovative irrigation in California to remote tribe work in Alaska. Like you just get to touch all sorts of interesting topics. And that is hands down the most fulfilling part of being a grant writer. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting because as a, just in fundraising in general, whether it's grant writing or major gift stuff or events, like what I do, you know, is that when you do get that first win, it's like, there's something about like, it is addictive. Then you're like, oh my gosh, you know, if one person's going to give like, right. You know, another person's out there. We just got to tell our story. So can you quickly like just demystify grant writing in general? Just like, I think a lot of people think that it's just, oh my gosh, it's so hard. It's so overwhelming. Can you tell us like just in a few words, you know, like what is grant writing? Okay. So yeah, grant writing is not free money. (laughs) Let's, that would be, if you're asking for the demystify, that would be one. (laughs) Not free money. I like that. (laughs) Right. Um, but grant, grant writing is, to me, it's a vehicle for driving innovation and doing things that are really different. And someone else is willing to share in the risk of what you're doing to get change. And um, then that's why they're willing to kind of to subsidize its development, right? Yeah. Um, so to me, that's, that's how I think about grant writing is like, what are you doing that's really pushing the envelope? doing things differently that is risky and and it's too great of a risk for your organization to bear alone. Mm. Good. Yeah, really good. And, you know, I, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I tell people that grant writing to me is kind of like writing a term paper because <laughs> it's like being able to, you know, you have to be a decent writer. You have to be able to clearly explain what it is that you do in writing because you don't have the same ability to just be a nice person and, you know, be on the other side of the phone or across the table with somebody, you have to be able to like really clearly tell somebody about your cause on, on paper. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't say it's a term paper. I say it's a persuasive essay. Okay. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, I, I think we lose sight of just telling the facts of the project and not remembering there's a lot of projects that are worthy of funding and organizations like convince me why, why now, why you, why this problem needs solved, why your solution, like creating that sense of urgency is key. And I do get probably in the most like top four frequent questions I'm asked uh, is how do I write? How do I write persuasively? And, and um, so I spend a lot of time in the book I just wrote and my online courses walking through that because you don't have to be a stellar writer. I learned how to be a writer as a grant writer, but it was like, you learn the processes for writing clearly and succinctly. And, and it's not like you just have to come into this as this already gifted writer, or you can't make it right. Yeah. I think that's one of those myths that could be broken down. It's like, you can become a better writer through this process. And in the meantime, while you're strengthening your weaknesses, there's so many kind of guardrails to play within. Like, for instance, I tell people, sentences of 25 words or less because when sentences get really long you can't skim read it you can't read it really quickly and fast like we want to think about it like a newspaper article and that means short and clear yeah Mm, so good so if somebody is listening right now and they like whether they're writing or they want to you know consider hiring a grant writer becoming a grant writer themselves what should they do to get started Great question. And there's actually two questions in there. So if someone is considering hiring a grant writer, um, the first thing I say is ask around to find who is behind successful applications that you know about, particularly if you have a specific grant you want to go after. Like I just did a big 
uh, transportation grant and they're very competitive. And I looked all over until I found the person that had done the, the one successful application out of Alaska. He was down in California, but I found him, got him on the phone and, and got him on my team because I knew I'm like, this guy has experience and he's done it. He's won one before. So look for, that's kind of my first go-to is like the successful grant writers. They don't have to go look for work. Like people find them because they are just really good at what they do. So find them. And if you can't find an exceptional grant writer that you're really, really thrilled with, I recommend using instrumentals, grant writing, sort of matchmaking service. Mm-hmm. And instrumental is a grant database for finding new grant opportunities. And then they have this extra little service where they you can su- post your project or program that needs funding and they will match you with a grant writer and you can interview them, decide if it's a good fit or not, and then away you go. And I love that because they're already pre-vetted and have to have a lot of experience and success before they're even in instrumental system. Awesome. We'll make sure to put a link in the show notes for that, but that's a great resource. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I think that that's always the, it's like, how do I find somebody mm-hmm. so, really good? It's really hard. I get that all asked all the time. Like I'm asked to do grants way beyond what I have the time for. Yeah. We're like, well, who else can I go to? And it's like, well, now I'm building a great, you know, community of grant writers. So as they mature and develop, I'm going to start trap, you know, directing projects to them. But it's like, there is this shortage of just like the best of the best grant writers. And it's because most people, yeah, don't have years and years to learn everything the hard way. And so if they want to fast track that, um, I say jump in and get your feet wet. If you can get onto a project and learn from it, because I think about it, I don't know if this example will make sense with your audience, but I backcountry ski and I always encourage people to go to the mountains with an experienced skier a couple times before they take their training, their avalanche awareness training, because then the content in the training makes so much more sense because you've seen it, you've been out there, you've been in the mountains. And so I think that applies to grant writing too. It's like, get, get in there, try to learn from a real world project. And then when you take a training, it makes so much more sense. And the challenge I found is that most trainings are administered through workshops, like in-person workshops, mm-hmm. which I love to teach those. They're really fun, yeah. but there's only so much our spongy little brains can take. Yeah. And uh, so I, that's why I switched to a model of teaching online over several weeks, like a you know two to three hour commitment per week, because this way you're really moving an actual project through there and you're getting the skills because it's hands-on. Yeah. Well, and that's why I was really interested about your pro- your program. And I want you to share a little bit more about what that is because, you know, it, there is something about getting that hands-on training and learning from an expert and, you know, being able to do that. That's ultimately why I teach fundraising the way that I do as well. Cause I'm like, I, I learned so effectively by just, yeah, you, you got to see it, you got to do it. And then, you know, and then you can fly out of the, the coop, you know, <laughs> like it's like fly in the nest yeah. and you feel really comfortable in it, but yeah, share with us a little bit about the program that you do to teach, you know, teach grant writing. Yeah, hundred percent. So we have four modules and the first one is teaching students how to make their project irresistible to funders, which is code for plan, plan your project. Um, So we walk through how to get something. So it's 
ready to pursue grants. The second is all about making a bulletproof budget for a grant application. And this is something a lot of people get really overwhelmed by, which I totally understand because I used to as well. So we walk them through a template and how to use it and how to actually go from idea to a very defensible budget. Mm -hmm. um, the third module is sort of like my secret sauce because I developed this process on my own and it's figuring out how to find grants and then more importantly, which ones are worth pursuing and putting together a strategy for that. And then the last segment is on, of course, how to actually write winning grants. And it's built for the very busy community change maker that has not a lot of time. So they can download the audio files if they want to listen on their commute to work. And then, you know, they're ready to go. It's instructional videos online um, with a lot of usable templates and samples, like it walks all the way through it. And then there's a community platform that sort of operates like Facebook. So people can share, for instance, their funding strategy or their draft budget and get feedback from other students in the program. And people love this and continue to stay involved even after the course is done because we all need still help editing a grant. Like, oh, I just need someone to look over this. Well, this yeah. is your, these are your people. So awesome. Well, yeah, and, yeah you just need to be in good company. <laughs> like, you do. You do. You're doing any of the kind of work that we're talking about. It's just nice yeah. to be around other people who are doing it too. And yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, let's create a community. And I find that as much as the coaching and the information, the resources that are provided in any of these kinds of programs, it's almost, you know, once you learn how to do it, then it's really all about just having people in your, in your, you know, circle that you can call on when you need help. So. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's was before I even decided to add this community piece. That was a big part of my instruction was like, you have to have someone else to work with. Even if it's like a friend that you're buying coffee for so that they will look over your work. Like there have, you have to collaborate. Like grant writing is impossible to do correct correctly without a, a team, even if it's a small team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I mean, I've written a lot. I mean, I've written a lot of grants myself and I, I can't tell you how many times, like I can't rely even on the people internally within the organization because they just don't know grant writing. <laughs> so yeah. when you right. are the only expert in right. the you know world of fundraising for your organization, all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm the only person who's going to look at this. So. Or worse yet, you're not the expert and you are thrust into the role and told grant writing is a part of your job description now and you have no training, no experience. You're doing your best. Like those are the people that I, I love serving the most because it's like, they can learn this. They have, they, they're ready to go, but we, before they burn out and quit their jobs, let's like get them, get them some training and get them help from other grant writers. And then like everything goes so much smoother and everyone's happier in their job. Like people want to succeed in their job and do well. Like no one wants to have to learn everything the hard way. Like, it takes a lot to get knocked down and have to get back up time and time again. So if we can mitigate that, like it's a no brainer. Yeah, I love that. So curious, because you do get to spend a lot of time with other grant writers and coaching and teaching people how to do this. What are you what are you actually seeing that people are doing really well when it comes to grant writing? Um, okay. There's, they're doing a lot of good things. I think what stands out to me is that most people that are coming 
to me in coming to this program, they have a very clear why. They know why they're moved to do what they're working on. They know why it's important. They have so much grit and persistence. I mean, they have this very entrepreneurial vein in them. Like they're not giving up. They're going to find a way no matter what. And that is what I love about grant writers and particularly nonprofits because um, they're going to make it work somehow, some way. And you don't find that in all types of organizations. So I think that's something they do well in that they, they have the heart. And when you have heart, you, that can come through in your writing and in your work. Mm, Really good. Oh, that's so good to hear. (laughs) It is true. I mean, our nonprofit leaders are extremely passionate and especially the ones I I have a lot of listeners who have started up their own nonprofits. Yes. This is their baby. Are very entrepreneurial and it's like, like other people have to be excited about this, especially when, when they're so passionate. So, but on the flip side of that, what are you seeing that people are really struggling with or what, you know, maybe just keeps getting perpetuated in the nonprofit sector when it comes to, to grant writing? Um, well, nonprofit sector or not hands down from a grant writing perspective, the biggest issue I see is that people chase grants haphazardly. So they're chasing them last minute. They're dropping everything to apply for a grant that looks like it's the perfect opportunity. And then they find out after all that they, they had no chance or they made a really silly last minute mistake. And that is a very bad cycle that it's really hard to break people out of. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I spend a whole chapter about it in my book on it and spend a lot of time writing about it in blog posts um, because if there's one single habit I would like to change, that would be it. And I would replace it with giving organizations the training on how to develop a funding strategy, which is basically a roadmap for knowing what grants you're pursuing, when, and what needs to be done to prepare for those because there's always like, "Mm, we need to get a partnership agreement in place before we're ready for this one. Right. Or there's these, these planning activities that need completed. And all of that would be is mapped out in two to three pages. The board approves it. The staff are aligned on it. Like it's clear what we're going after for this specific project or program instead of, you know, looking and dropping everything and applying for something. And it's just not, it's just not a good use of time. And it, so that would be like the number one thing that I see as like a, a very bad habit to break. But I think it's because people don't know what to replace it with. Yeah. Like they don't realize that there's this other approach you can take. That's not hard. It's really easy. But um, that, that's, that's probably my, my biggest thing. Yeah, well, and that's fundraising in general. I think that a lot of times people are scrambling to raise the funds that they need. And when it comes to grant writing, like you said at the beginning, it's not free money, but sometimes people, yeah, they, they respond as, a, oh, it's free money and we need to put our name in the hat. So then you're, yeah, quickly scrambling to pull all your materials together and send it off in the mail. And like you said, anything, I mean, just anything in general, right? If we really look at anything, if we would just be intentional about it, we'd get way better results. A hundred percent. And that requires so much focus. And I think that's one of the other really big challenges is, I mean, I struggle with this. We have so many cool things we want to do. It's all really exciting, but it's like to be super effective in the funding world, you have to have laser focus. And to the point that you're like, is this too simple? But it's not. It's right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, and then I guess I'll offer two little tips on how to also manage that. Cause I'm guarantee your audience has probably dealt with this at one time or another. Yeah. Um, I always recommend calculating the likelihood of success. So that is figuring out how many applicants applied last year and dividing that by the number that were awarded funding. So if a hundred applicants applied and 20 were given grants, then there's a 20% chance of getting funded, right? Like just on odds alone. And I strive for like 15% at the lowest, preferably 20% minimum likelihood of success or greater. And if someone's like, well, I don't know how many people applied. That's a very easy question to open up with a funder when you call them and want to talk to them about their grant. Just ask them. And it's such an easy question. Like, how many applicants did you get last year? How competitive is this? Mm-hmm. Because you'll find that some of these grant programs that look so awesome and great, they have like a less than 1% chance of getting funded. Like there is no bigger waste of your time. Right. Oh, that's so gold. I hope you guys are listening because <laughs> that is so true. That's why I have a tendency to avoid grant writing is because right. I'm like, I, I feel like I have a higher likelihood of getting somebody to say yes. If I am physically um, in front of somebody, I always say, if I get in front of somebody, like they're in trouble, seal the deal and I'm going to suck them in somehow. I'll, I'll find a place for you. But yeah, when you are writing grants, I mean, you have to look at these stats so I love that. So that's a really, it's an early stage filter. And then you're still doing all that same stuff that you're doing anyway, which is still relationship building, lots of homework. Um, that's all comps, but it's like, if you need just like a quick glance of deciding if this is in the go or like no go or the consider bucket, it's just a quick math, uh, trick to do that is like non-negotiable. I do it for every project. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So it was that tip one and two, or was that tip one? Uh, tip two would be calculating the true cost of preparing an application. So I think this comes from my consulting days where we were, you know, accountable for every hour yeah. and there was an, a real value to that. And so I think people sometimes forget when they get like a, a meeting together, it's like, well, if there's eight people in this room, including the executive director is paid, whatever she's paid. Um, we're looking at like a thousand dollar hour right here alone just to meet. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I always encourage my students to, to be like, really think about the cost of preparing this grant and the cost to administer it. And if it's, if it's worth your time with some quick kind of back the napkin math. And if you're a new nonprofit and you're just got to get some momentum you're going to be on the losing, you're in the red on these, right? You're going to be putting in more time than you're probably getting value out of it. But that's okay in this situation because you're building momentum and you're building like credibility for managing money. Um, But as you get larger, to me, it it becomes like inexcusable to waste resources and precious organizational time. If you know, the the grant's not actually giving you better returns than if you hadn't pursued it at all. Right. Mm -hmm. That's really good. That's a great tip because I do, I notice not only the time of the person who's writing the grant, but then the time of all of these people that you are bringing together. And I even, you know, I want to pay attention to the hours that I'm asking my volunteers to work or anybody who's, yeah, putting time and energy into this. And, and I've done it where I've like gotten in the car and driven across the state 
to go have a conversation and to go meet with somebody that was a part of the grant writing process. And so you have to take into all, yep. you know, take into account all of those expenses. So uh, what, such a good tip. Both of those are really good because I mean, look at the odds and is it worth your time? But I do see organizations who are like, oh my gosh, like there is, there is money waiting out there, you know, government yeah. grants or whatever, you know, j- that are just waiting for them to apply and it's totally worth their time and their energy and efforts. But, um, but I love that you're, you know, you have the ability to actually train and teach people how to do this because I, yeah. there aren't, I mean, I think, well, you and I talked about this before is that there's, there's not very many people, if any, like I have not come across anybody who does what you do. <laughs> so yeah. it really is incredible. So if you like, I mean, if you guys are listening and like, you have no idea how to do this, I mean, I, I will make sure that you have all the connections to reach out to Meredith and uh, to learn from her. And, you know, the great thing is, is that you not only have resources that are available, but you also wrote a book. And so yeah. I would love for you just to share briefly about, you know, what is your book about? How can people get access to it? That'd be awesome. Totally. So the book is only, I think, in week three that it's out, which is super cool. And it's already reached number one bestseller status for nonprofit fundraising and grants. <laughs> yeah, it already has like over 55 reviews. They're all really, really positive. So it's been fun. I, the, the book title is How to Write a Grant, Become a Grant Writing Unicorn. And it packs a lot of punch on each page, and I made it as succinct as I possibly could. I mean, it only takes a few hours to read, um, but I found that that was what my audience needed between, basically, I have this free mini class on how to write a grant, which gives you kind of exposure to this online learning experience. Um, And then, you know, the whole online program is like a big leap for people, and they still didn't know, like, well, does she really know everything that she says she does? And this is a way to get to know like my voice, my teaching style, my theory on grant writing and put it all to use right away. I had people that have done one guy in Milwaukee has done over 200 grant applications. He actually mentored me back when I worked at the engineering firm. And he said he learned a ton out of it and is changing some of his own templates and tools and replacing them with mine. So it's like, even if you're not, even if you're experienced, um, I've been really pleasantly surprised to see that those people are getting a lot of benefit out of it too. So right now it's on Amazon. um, And then I will be expanding into other bookstores um, in the coming months. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to have a link in the show notes, of course, to it. And what a great uh, gift packet, a little, you know, how to write a grant and some fundraising freedom, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, it's a really good combo because grant writing is just a piece of the pie. It it cannot be the whole pie. And uh, and fundraising and relationship building and, you know, building your membership base or or your, whoever your audience is, it's like such an important piece of the of the picture. And I don't have expertise in that and do not try to even teach that. (laughs) So it's like, these are really important um, tools to put in someone's toolbox to be completely an unstoppable force. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, do you have any other resources? I know you mentioned, uh, you know, the instrumentals um, link, we'll put that in the show notes, but is there any other resources if somebody's like, Oh, I'd love to, you know, just continue to learn more about grant writing. Do you have any resources for them to check out? We got your book, that link, Anything else that you're thinking of? Um, honestly, I can't. I can't think of any like third-party resources that I really like. But 
when people sign up for my free mini class, I do send them a link to this sort of like secret freebie page that I always add stuff to. So yeah, on there I have like a free budget template. um, Let's see a sample meeting agenda for a kickoff meeting. Nice. Um, a funding research or let's see some stuff with letters of support. Like it's just, I don't know. I'm always adding to it. Um, so that, that seems to be a resource people really like and bookmark to continually see what I'm adding. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. There's always stuff that's popping up and I know there's a ton of grant writing, like database systems that are out there and, you know, you can always buy into different programs, but I always find that it's like, a lot of it is just building relationships and finding out what is out there. What are other people applying for? What are people doing? So uh, just by even just being in community with other people, that's such a great yeah. resource. So 100%. But and I will say instrumental, like I can't emphasize enough is like the, un, like it's the resource okay. for grant opportunities. <laughs> having, I mean, having looked, I mean, I went through when I was at my engineer, the former engineering company, we did this massive internal research project evaluating all of them ended up buying into one that was really expensive and it kind of infuriating to use, um, produced no results in my opinion. And so, um, there's a, yeah, it's a very challenging topic. Actually Deloitte, the big, you know, global company Deloitte spent three years and like millions of dollars with the team in India to try to figure this out. Cause it's really tough to keep grant writing information in that data clean because deadlines change, right? Like that information is changing all the time. So it's like a really tough technical problem of how to have clean grant writing data or opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what instrumental is doing, but it is magic and yeah. I can't live my life without it. And I don't think okay. anyone else should either. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and I'm like, there's all these people that are out there, you know, especially in the just more in the philanthropic space that as soon as somebody uh, does really well in business or their family, somebody passes away and they start this trust or, you know, so right. it's like those things are just always popping up and, you know, I, I private foundations. I'm like, sometimes you don't even have to apply. It's like, you just have to know the right person and they're like, okay, submit a few pieces of information and you're in for that. And so we're talking about right here on this conversation, more of the elaborate, more extensive, you know, grant applications, not just, Hey, send us your information and we'll send you a check out of. No, but that's all, that's all included in there too. And I think that's one of the main reasons I love instrumental is that they have this tool, like the 990 finder, right? I'm sure you've talked about that, like how to make use of 990 data. Well, instead of looking at a awful stress-inducing IRS form, they put it into a very, like into charts and into really easy to view data. So you have a map of the US and you can see what states they gave grant funding to and, and how much and to what programs. Wow. And this is so game changing because if a grant found a website says, yeah, we give awards up to $50,000 yep. and then you're like, okay, great. We'll apply for that. Well, then you go into the 990 data and see they've actually never made a grant award over 20,000. Well, if you apply for 50, like you're an easy no, we're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I love mining those 990 forms for data. They tell you so much. And I like to go through it when it's like, visually appealing and not an IRS form because that just stresses me out. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to have to check it out and I hope, you know, clearly, clearly you have sold it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so good. They should pay you. <laughs> so anyway, well, Hey, okay. So as we wrap up, I just had a couple more questions. The One of my last ones is always just, this is the fundraising freedom podcast. So, um, and when we met, I, I feel like you really are living a life of freedom, but I'm curious, <laughs> what does, what does freedom mean to you, Meredith Noble? Sure. Well, it probably would be helpful to describe like the context of where I'm at because I am definitely living freedom. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in Valdez, Alaska. I'm looking out right now from a little tiny house over a lake. The, there's mountains right beyond the lake that just got snow touched last night. Um, there's a bald eagle flying below me. <laughs> so it's cool. I can walk 100 yards to our office, which is a conic storage unit. <laughs> and <laughs> We have fiber internet. It's faster than I have in the city. So what I love about what, what I'm focusing on right now is that I, I want to still have a big impact and help people learn grant writing and raise the bar. Um, but I love that I can do it somewhere where I don't have to choose career or life. And they're seamlessly integrated. Um, and that is the ultimate definition of freedom to me, that I can work on new problems. Um, and have the, I guess, the creative bandwidth to do so. And I get that working out here. If someone wants to look it up, it's or my Geeks in the Woods. And it's a site for working remotely and building businesses, which I think nonprofits, any types of organizations, building organizations is probably how we should reframe it. And anyone's welcome to come out and visit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you guys literally look at geeks in the woods <laughs> because like what the picture that's on there, we, we were, you know, video zooming and it was like, she showed me her, her uh, backyard basically. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this picture is like identical to what's on that website. So, so exactly. beautiful. And, you know, and Meredith, you're like, you're doing stuff that nobody else is doing, like I mentioned. And I just love that we get, got the time today and our previous conversation as well to just talk about, you know, how you're impacting lives through teaching people how to grant write and, you know, just really giving people opportunities to maybe try out a new career field, uh, yeah. try something out where they can make a difference in the world. And so if, if people want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? And, and then if you have any parting guidance, I'd love for you to share that as well. Oh, completely. So, I mean, any, anyone can shoot me an email. That's just mnoble at sendworks.org. I'm sure you can link that. Um, or check out the website and there's a contact form there too. So that's learngrantwriting.org. And that would be the best place to link to the book or sign up for the mini course or learn about our next cohort, which is starting uh, Monday, November 4th. People want to get in on that. Um, that'll be a really fun group. So that's probably the best, yeah, the best ways. And then I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm on, someone wants to see what the Alaska life is like, search, search on Instagram at geeks in the woods or Meredith Noble. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah well, I, have, I, I do have one other thought, one little, one more story I wanted to share. Love it. Okay. Share. <laughs> so I was thinking about the question of the fundraising. I was thinking just about fundraising freedom and what that means and not in the context of my own freedom, but freedom in the context of fundraising. And I have a story to share for that. So last year, a group of us women started a all women's mountain bike festival. And it was an idea in January in a fully executed event in early June with 300 people all going through skills clinics, 
um, maintenance classes, taught by women, a race. I mean, it was this wickedly successful event. And we were building it from scratch. So it was slow going to get those early sponsors to get behind us and make a donation to like help it not just be out of my own pocket. (laughs) And by the end, we had so much momentum. People were, everyone knew about this bike festival happening. Um, We even had people make donations, like make sponsorship contributions after the event happened because they wanted to be a part of it. And that was, and now I have like no concerns about, you know, the coming year. And it, now we're getting to think like, okay, so what nonprofit do we want to start giving our funding to, to help, you know, kind of continue this message of like getting women on bikes. So I'd say like fundraising freedom is when you're not out there having, like you've created a bandwagon so worth getting on that people are coming to you to become a part of like what you're leading. And that is fundraising freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that because it is, it's so like you want people to be chasing after you, like chasing after the incredible work that you're doing instead of you begging people. And it's because you're a great leader and you're creating, you're like solving a real problem. You're doing it creatively. You're making it fun. Um, you're, I think you're just, you're, you're creating an environment that people want to be a part of and people want to be part of things that are positive. Mm-hmm. So even if you're working on a really tough issue, something that in his inherently not that positive, find a way to make it positive because that's what pe- when people want to get behind it and be a part of it. Yeah. Oh, and on that note, <laughs> on that note, we'll call it. Thank you for well, thank a, such you. a fun. No, interview. thank you so much for being a part of the the show today, and just such a joy. I mean, I'm so grateful. I don't know how you found me, but I'm so glad you did. And your podcast, I listen. <laughs> I know <laughs> exactly. So, um, on that note, guys, if you need help on your grant writing, Meredith, the girl, like literally, I have not found anybody <laughs> better to date. So, um, reach out to her. And make sure that you check out her work at uh, learngrantwriting.com org and um, just yeah follow her stuff and in the meantime let's go write some grants raise some money and let's go change the world one volunteer and one dollar at a time love it that's great cool well thank you we'll talk later yes we'll talk later bye (laughs) 